and thank you for listening in today to the Lady Sadie Show. I am planning on talking about some pretty cool stuff today. Stay tuned. We're going to be uh, going over some maybe even taboo topics for some, um, but definitely interesting and uh, definitely have some really funny stories lined up for you all. Stay tuned. Is tattoo therapy even a thing? You heard me right. Tattoo therapy is a thing. Yes. Um, It definitely is a thing. It's something that many people actively participate in and follow. It can be called a type of culture, a lifestyle, even a way of change. I'm going to be talking today more in depth about the ins and outs of tattoo therapy, my personal experience with it, and other things that closely relate to the subject as well. Um, Before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to kind of go over and discuss what uh, we had recapped for the last episode. Um, We did talk about music and how it leaves its mark and impression on us, and uh, the feelings that we get from it as well. So I said I would tell you what my favorite song was, and let me say that in, in itself is a super hard topic uh, for me to discuss because my taste in music varies, and uh, my f- favorite type of music, my favorite song, my favorite genre, it changes month by month, week by week, probably even day by day. Um, but as of right now, I've been really into this band called, oh, this group, they're not really a band, uh, called City Morgue. Um, specifically their new album and I love one of their new songs called Minimize it's super good um super amazing you guys should check it out but I promise that by next year next week next month probably tomorrow my favorite song will change um one of the things I wanted to go over was about uh an experience that someone had told me in regards to listening to the podcast um the question that they specifically uh narrowed it down to was what, you know, what music does to help them fight depression. And he said that, uh, when he listens to EDM music, it helps him dance. And when he's dancing, it helps him to forget about the stress and the struggles and basically all the crazy stuff that he has going on in his life, which is super cool. I've been to, um, some EDM concerts and I can definitely relate. Uh, when I went, it was just super cool as far as letting all of my worries go and, just kind of a place to recharge and refocus very non-judgmental zone also kind of is but it also really isn't depending on where you go um (laughs) anyway so um now I want to get into the pulp so the main uh point of the show and today uh like I said we are discussing tattoo therapy and all the other things that go along with it so When I refer to tattoos in this episode, I'm also going to be meaning and referring to piercings. I might not always say it, but when I, when I'm referring to tattoo therapy, in essence, I'm, I'm grouping them together as tattoo therapy and piercing therapy, um, which we'll, we'll talk about more, uh, in the show. So with each topic that I do for, for every, um, episode, I, I do a lot of history and research behind, um, you know, the topic and, and different segments as far as how it relates to mental health. Today, uh, when, you know, when preparing for the show, I, I was able to get through the history of tattooing, which has been a process and a very long time uh, of research because 
there is so much that encompasses the, t- the history of tattooing. So the difficulty with explaining the history of tattoos is that each culture, each origin, uh, each group of people, they have their own purpose behind it. Um, there's, and again, you know, with however billion amount of people on this earth, that's a lot of um, research to do. So I'm just going to kind of go over a couple of different things. Uh, tattoos, they date back thousands and thousands of years. The earliest known tattoo is known to have been around 3,370 BC to 31,000 BC. <clears throat> this is the earliest known, so I'm sure it goes back even earlier. We just might not have record of it. Some of the cultures that I'm going to go over and discuss today in regards to tattooing, uh, it's going to be the Egyptian culture, the Chinese culture, and the Samoan culture. Um, I'm going to start off with the Egyptian culture. So we know that uh, Egyptians historically are one super advanced group of people. Um, they built the freaking pyramids. Like, who does this in their spare time? Um, anyways, they not only did they do that, but they also built large um, statues of, of leaders and um, other gods that they believed in. So they're just really smart and... Um, I don't know. They're very driven people, I would say. Um, Anyway, so in regards to tattoos, both men and women got tattoos during uh, that time, you know, when the pyramids are being built. But primarily in this culture, the women actually got the tattoos are the ones who received those tattoos. This was a time before written word. So we know that they had hieroglyphics and this was more of a symbolic thing. Um, With the hieroglyphics, those images were used to convey what they meant. And in my opinion, um, I feel like it would be more special, uh, more uh, of significant meaning, because with hieroglyphics, there's no specific word. It's not like this picture means this is this phrase. It's kind of loosely interpreted. So when these women would get these tattoos, in my opinion, I think it would be quite symbolic of of you know re- religious of course religious standpoint as far as what they what they were meaning behind it um i don't know i think that's really cool but um again they each have their own personal meaning to it just because it, it is such a general and broad uh image that would represent a couple of different phrases or words or um, icons as well okay the second culture i'm going to mention is the chinese culture this one's really cool as well, um, because the art of tattooing in the Chinese culture is called uh, Chai Xian or Wen Shen, uh, which means to puncture, like literally puncture the body. It's interesting because with the Chinese history of tattooing, it was seen as defamation of the body. And this is in general. And I'll get into more specifics as far as why um, I say in general. So generally speaking, in the Chinese culture, it was, it was seen and revered as defamation of the body. And I remember me listening to this one uh, specific show about like ancient people in China who were getting tattoos and how they had to hide the parts of their body where they got them or put them in places, um, you know, where they, they couldn't be seen because they were, they would live in fear of judgment of people who would refuse them services due to the tattoos they had received. Um, so that's just kind of one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect I wanted to kind of go into was into the Dulong tattoos, tattooing. And this is a group of people among the ancient uh, Chinese uh, 
culture that would get tattoos um, in very, very obvious places and they would get them um, as a well, for a couple different reasons. So um, this was tattooing among minorities. This is primarily why they, they got it. Um, but this uh, specific, the Dulong tattoos, I'm going to go a little bit over that. So they, um, they actually were done among women. And they were done, done among women who lived along the Dulong River. And it dates back all the way to the Ming Dynasty, which was what, like 400 years ago, something like that. Um, so during this time, basically the reason behind the tattooing is during this time, uh, they were under attack from different, uh, villages and neighbors around them. And the women would be taken as slaves and sold, uh, you know, whether it be for, you know, sexual things, um, you know, like actual subservient things, um, they would just, they would be sold as slaves. So in a, as a reaction to this, the women would begin tattooing their faces to make them, uh, to make them appear uglier so that they would be less likely to be raped, um, during, during the situation. So even though that's where it originated from, it originated from, and that's how it started, these women, um, continued the tradition into modern times and, uh, it's no longer used necessarily as, as, you know, with that same meaning, um, but that's just where it, you know, historically dates back from. So nowadays these women, um, during the age of 12 or 13, they will get tattooed on their face as a rite of passage, um, and as a way to, you know, show that they're mature, a sign of maturity, um, which, which has changed a lot. Um, the second group of people among the Chinese culture is the Lai and Dai people. So L-I and D-A-I, Lai and Dai people. I'm not trying to say lie and die, but like, you know, lie and die. Um, anyway, so these people, um, actually got tattoos. Um, they have a long history behind them. So these people would get tattoos traditionally on their neck. Um, and, and again, other very noticeable and profound places, also the face. Um, <clears throat> most commonly, um, tattooing among the Lai people, just like those of the Dulong people, are their practice among women. So also, again, primarily women. Men have been known to receive uh, the tattoos as well uh, for medicinal purposes, but other than that, it's mostly and primarily women. Um, this tattooing is also seen as a rite of passage similar to the Dulong people, and this occurs with girls usually around 13 or 14. And these tattoos would be uh, like at the the nape of the neck and the throat and also on the face. This process, this whole entire process of getting the tattoos takes about four or five days. And over the next three years, the girls uh, would then have their arms and their legs tattooed um, and just, you know, different, uh, different, not all the same designs, but very similar. Um, I don't know. I, and about this, like, it's, I think it's really cool that they turned a, a, you know, a situation that had been originally done to prevent, you know, a horrific, a horrific tragedy, you know, prevent someone from getting raped. Like in order to do that, I mean, that's just, that's a lot to go through, you know, to, to get your, to basically make yourself try to look ugly so that you don't get raped. And that's super depressing and super sad. But what the amazing part is that during this time when that was happening, 
they made this tradition, this culture, this uh, experience into something that they could pass down to generation to generation and turn it into good because now it's a rite of passage. Now it's a rite of um, passage within their culture. So back to the lie women, the L-I women, these uh, women would also, um, they've actually been uh, studied and examined quite a bit um, with like archaeology and other, I think they call them entomologists. Um, but yeah, I think it's super cool just because these tattoos are all done by hand. Um, they're, they're not perfectly straight, but the ones on the face, I wish I could show you all pictures, but the ones on the face, um, they're so detailed and the ones on the neck, they're so detailed for being done by hand. Like as far as not with a machine, like literally by hand, super detail oriented. I get why it would take a long time because it is a long process and excuse me, probably even harder for them to heal. <clears throat> the last group of people was the, um, the dye group of people, very similar to the lie group. Um, they would also receive tattooing, um, in very noticeable places. They wouldn't try to hide it. Um, but these people, uh, I'm, I'm pulling it up really quick. These people would actually get them on their back as well. So, um, this is also, you know, of course, ancient Chinese tradition, culture. Um, and these, again, the Dai people actually were among men and women. So this is one of the groups that were, it was equally among men and women. Um, again, the women are generally tattooed on the back. Um, even their arms have small dots tattooed on them and even between their eyebrows and then among the men tattoos are seen as a sign of strength and fertility so generally with men tattoos would be made in such a way as to accentuate or draw attention to their muscles everybody likes muscles um, <laughs> although there are no um, specific or fixed ways of doing it there are um, different ways within the different segments of people of how they would um, tattoo it and ex accentuate those parts of their body. Um, <clears throat> most commonly, the tattoos would be of a ferocious beast, such as a dragon or tiger. Again, trying to make themselves, you know, really masculine, uh, strong, and come across as as very, um, you know, manly, like a manly man. And for so for this group of people, um, these were actually given to children. So this group of people does it to children at age five or six. However, um, it became more custom for the age to rise up to 14 or 15, again, to be a rite of passage into adult, adulthood. Um, this tattooing is still practiced today in, in their culture. Um, I would look it up if I were you, if you want to kind of see a little bit about their culture. It's super cool how this tradition is still standing. And uh, again, it just builds uh, value in their reasoning behind why they do what they do. The last group of people that I wanted to go over was the Samoans. Uh, they, uh, tattooing for them is also called tatua. Um, tattoos here are traditionally uh, large, but they have large meaning behind them as well. Oh, so this this was a hard topic because there's there was quite a bit to go into even within the Samoan culture too. 
Um, male tattoos are called Pia and women uh, tattoos are called Malu. I tried to think of different um, examples of, of these uh, to kind of give you an idea or paint a picture. And it was hard to find them for, for all of these different cultures. But with the Samoan culture, what came to mind was the rock. Um, you can also think of Moana when they have all these tattoos on them and, and they're so symbolic, even in, even in the movie, it's very symbolic as far as why they have what they have. Um, and one of the quotes that I was reading, uh, in regards to, uh, Samoan tattooing, one of the, it was a quote from a father to a son. He said, um, this world is made of material things, but the one thing that you can take to the grave with you will be the tattoo that is on your body forever. And then it says, you will take that to the grave. So they take these very seriously um, in, their, in, in that culture during that time. Specifically, um, you know, this is going to go to the grave with them. So they're, and, and I think just kind of going back in time, we didn't have a lot of material possessions way back when. I mean, even going back to what, 1800s, 1600s, 1500s, we didn't have a lot of material possessions. And if we did, they were necessities, things that we used out of necessity for, you know, for us to survive. And, uh, with the Samoan culture, this goes back super far, but with those material possessions, they could show what they were trying to symbolize, what they were representing on their body. And that would come across as soon as you saw it, you could look at it, digest it and see, oh, okay, this is, this is this, you know, this stands for that. This is the reasoning behind that. So yes, there's a lot of um, ideas, beliefs, and cultures behind the tattoo culture and behind the tattoo scene. So what I really want to focus on is how even though the reasonings behind all the different cultural aspects are different, the fact is that people still got them. Um, people still got tattoos. So questions, thoughts, here's, here's a question I kind of want to ask to you all. Does your culture have any tattoo history behind it? I know there's a ton of, of tattoo history culture that I didn't get to, so let me know. Email me. The email is sadie, like my name, S-A-D-I-E, T-H-424 at iCloud.com. Tell me about your tattoo um, culture, cultural history. I want to know. I want to know more. It's a very fascinating topic, and... I want to know more. I want to share it. I want to be enriched as far as all the history as much as I can understand with um, why different cultures did what they did, why they do what they do. Um, and tell me if it still influences you today. So I, I can think of a couple other cultures that I, I briefly researched that still, you know, do the tattooing today. But let me know. Let me know about your culture and if that influences you or even a design maybe. Um, okay, so now that we kind of talked about the history of tattooing, I want to jump into therapy because tattoo and, and the tattoo therapy, they're, I feel like they're two different aspects that got mushed together and for very good reasoning, which I'll get into, but we need to kind of go into the traditional therapy part as far as what therapy is and, and you know, why and what it does. So traditionally speaking in psychology, therapy is defined as treatment intended to heal or relieve a disorder. So I'm kind of going back to the why. To help us navigate through our problems. Therapy is there to help us do that. So 
It helps us to maybe even find the root of the issues that we're dealing with, work through them. Um, But basically, it's a means to help us find or work through some of the things that we face in everyday life, have faced in the past, difficult situations, easy situations, just things that we need to discuss and work through. Um, Hopefully during that time of of therapy, you're ready to work through them and face them. You're not required to. That's the great thing about therapy is it's not you have to do this and reach this point by this date. Yes, it's great to set goals, but with therapy, it's it's very it's very free form because a lot of it it caters to what you're ready for in the moment. And granted, there's going to be times when you're not ready for it, but hopefully during that time, you're able to work through and face some of the issues that you have. Um, which brings me to this topic about vibing. So I'm sure you guys know what vibing means. If not, <laughs> ask someone to explain to you what vibing means. Um, because what I'm going to talk about is vibing with certain people. So specifically with therapy. So with any kind of therapy, like I mentioned, it works, it helps you to work through some of the difficult and maybe even uncomfortable issues or situations. And due to being so vulnerable, you want to make sure that when you're, when you find a therapist, when you find a friend, a counselor, whatever you want to call them, that you vibe or trust that person very well. And you want to make sure that you really trust your therapist because there are multiple experiences um, that I can share with you. I'll go through just a couple where, where, you know, I vibed great with them, but I don't know if I completely was, was trusting of them. I don't know. So let me just kind of jump to this. So, okay. So my first experience with therapy was probably when I was my first real, like my actual real, real experience with therapy. I'm sure I had it when I was younger, but actual like when I was ready to go to therapy it was a one-on-one experience so me and the and the counselor and the the, you know the therapist the counselor whatever you want to call them uh this was one-on-one and she was this lady was super cool she was generally relatable she most kids her clients that went to her they liked her um she was really nice she was cool she was out there and you know it was it was cool it was nice but, you know, I didn't get along with her super well. Um, maybe it was me projecting my issues. Maybe I didn't want to be there, really. Maybe I was just a teenager and I didn't care. But I definitely didn't vibe with her. Like, I didn't. And she could tell. I could tell. It was very uncomfortable. I didn't, I didn't know what to do at the time. I didn't know to. I could seek out other, you know, other therapists at the time. But I just stopped. We just stopped going. I remember, you know, my mom just stopped taking me and I just told her I didn't want to go anymore I didn't think I needed to go and that was kind of my first my first go around at you know like real like really moving wanting to move forward but anyways we didn't vibe so and that's okay because I was able to to seek out other opportunities um the the second kind of therapy that that's that's definitely an option for um for you all is group therapy so I wanted to mention this because group therapy it's super, super, super awkward at first. Um, and yes, it is super awkward at first, but then it gets less awkward. So with this specific group therapy, we were discussing and meeting about uh, traumas that had happened to us, to you know, to us individually, and it, it's super hard because with group therapy, everyone generally knows why you're there. It's generally a specific 
uh, type of group or uh, reasoning behind why you're going to that group therapy. So it's hard to open up at first to all these strangers. I think there was like six, maybe six ladies that were there. Um, anyway, so there was about six people. It was super hard to open up, but once we got past the awkwardness, once we got past the really the scary and anxious part of opening up, once we opened up, it became a really safe place and and we all vibed with each other, even though we were all from different walks of life, different ages, different uh, categories in life, we could all relate to this one issue. And so it it became a place of... um, a place where we could confide in each other, confide in each other and tell each other, you know, these vulnerable situations, um, you know, with exposing, you know, all these things. And so, yes, it is super awkward at first, but they can, that group of people, once you open up to them, they can literally understand and empathize with you because they know what you're going through. And so the, the point of me bringing all this up, the moral of the story is to get in a place where you are safe with a therapist, you know, safe place emotionally, but also to get uncomfortable. Because with therapy, um, being vulnerable is hard. But if you are in a proper place uh, with in, in therapy, with being vulnerable and, and building that relationship with either the therapist, the group, um, the, the therapists, if there's two counselors, whatever you want to, you know, however you decide to go and whatever route you decide to take, it's, it's very liberating. So the times where you get uncomfortable are the times where you grow the most. So that's, whew, that's really important because I hate being uncomfortable. I really do. But also the times where I've been the most uncomfortable, um, I've learned to work through those situations and I've come out of that more comfortable than I was previously. So yes, that's the just as far as with the therapy part. Um, now I kind of want to go into tattoo therapy, piercing part. So obviously things have changed and evolved to what they are today. With tattoos, you can literally get anything you want. Words, symbols, different languages. You can, you can literally get anything. Cultural influences still have an effect on tattoos, but for the most part, again, people do whatever they want. Now that we know that there's all types of tattoos out there, I wanted to show how the tattoo and the therapy part, the therapy part emerge. Because each day, um, there are, you know, again, countless, countless billions of people on this earth. And people still need to find ways to cope, cope with their situations. So with tattoo therapy, there's this aspect where you literally do what you do in therapy and and traditional therapy so you have to get vulnerable you have to find someone that you trust so let's start with someone that you trust because um you're about to get you know thinking think about getting a tattoo you're about to get a tattoo that's going to be on your body the rest of your life um you better have some sort of trust in the person that's giving you that tattoo because it can easily turn out like a piece of crap so (laughs) You want to make sure that you at least trust in their art artwork, maybe trust in their skill, their ability to give you a proper tattoo. Um, some people don't care. I mean, there are some tattoos that I have that I don't even care that, you know, I, I, I don't care if they look like dump. 
I'm glad they don't look like Dom because it would be a really sad story if they did. But, um, I, you know, again, with the extent of making sure you're in an aspect or in a situation where you trust the person giving you the tattoo. So you have to open up and trust that person. The second part is the vulnerability. So some people might not admit it, but when you go in to get a tattoo, you're being vulnerable. Someone else is going to be putting something on your body. Um, again, that might not even be the most vulnerable, vulnerable part. I know for me, there are specific areas of my body that I don't want people seeing. Um, it's just uncomfortable. (laughs) I have to be vulnerable. I mean, I've had a baby and so, you know, my body's not as in shape as it was before I had the baby. So definitely there's aspects of vulnerability there. Um, just, I don't know, you know, you have to be going into it, uh, pretty open and and willing to to be open to what this other person is doing to you and trusting to what they're doing to you so again someone is going to be seeing you in some type of vulnerable state another vulnerable state other than maybe even emotionally like them seeing an area you don't want them to see is pain because yes tattoos are not painless um they're not super painful in my opinion i guess depending on where you get it but they're not painless and there's going to be moments where maybe even with shading, you know, it, that hurts a little bit and it gets a little irritating. So, so also that part of vulnerability, the tattoo artist is going to see that you're going to be in pain. Like it's, it's okay. It's okay. And I think in general, just the aspect of being a tattoo artist, they see so much in life, um, giving tattoos to other people. (laughs) They probably hear so much more, too, than, than what I'm aware of. I'm sure they hear more than what I know. Um, because some people, when they get, you know, nervous or uncomfortable or anxious and they get in these situations, they talk a lot. And that's okay. That's what people do in traditional therapy as well. They talk a lot. That's absolutely okay. But, you know, just my experience seeing different people, watching different people get tattoos, I've seen where people get nervous and they're not sure if they really want to go through with it but they do go through with it but while they're going through with it they talk to the tattoo artist the whole time about you know funny things crazy things random things serious things crazy 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 stuff um (laughs) i've seen so many crazy things when i've uh, watched people get tattoos but i mean they open up and and maybe this is the time where they need to open up this is the time where they need to deal with what they're facing and simply talk to that person, that tattoo artist, about what, they, what they're doing. Because they're in an uncomfortable position. They're in an uncomfortable situation to where they need to open up. And again, that's not the same for all people. Because I, I used to be uncomfortable getting tattoos. Specifically, okay, so let me kind of rewind. So I have two tattoos on my like rib areas. And uh, it's near my stomach. I'm super, like super specific about the way my stomach looks just because I've had a baby and I got super huge when I had a baby but when I had to lay down in a specific position for her to tattoo my ribs she obviously saw my stomach and I was super subconscious about it and uncomfortable and you know like I said on both sides I had to switch and turn over and for her to do that and it's super uncomfortable but also getting the so my other tattoos that are not in uncomfortable positions I didn't feel as vulnerable or uncomfortable I actually felt ready I was like yes this is what I want like let's do this um but it's still during that time I still 
got to use it to express myself and to um, talk and mainly just kind of deal with what I was dealing with. So getting a tattoo, it's not about the pain. That's like a common stigma. Oh, you must like pain. (laughs) No, I don't like pain. Um, No, we don't like pain. But um, during the session, you know, if we're being honest, it can get pretty irritating uh, sitting there, first of all, for however long you need to sit there for, and um, just trying to get through it. So kind of going to the emotional part, not necessarily the physical part. For me, when I get a tattoo, that's a time that I use to to channel my emotions into the tattoo. Now that sounds super weird. I probably sound like a freak, but you know what? I don't care. Um, but yes. Okay. So let me, let me kind of rewind a little. So my first tattoo, I got, uh, my first like major tattoo I got when, uh, I had a lot going on in my life, a ton of stuff, but the one thing that I had constant in my life was my daughter. And even though she was the only constant part in my life that I, you know, that I knew was going to be there for me. I'm getting emotional. It's crazy. But even though I knew she was the only constant thing there in my life, it, um, during this session, it gave me time to, to focus that energy into what, what was being done to me, what I was doing. And so I actually didn't talk to the tattoo uh, artist a lot about, um, you know, what I had been going through or anything like that. I don't talk a lot when, I don't talk a lot in general, but, um, she, she, I think she could tell that it was, it was a pretty important piece to me. Um, so, but she did such a great job and I love it. She did a really good job and I'll, I'll give her a shout out at the end, but she did such a great job. Um, so really when it comes down to everyone has their own emotions and own, uh, therapeutic ways of of overcoming things specifically during tattoo therapy um so again this whole aspect of getting tattoos and the tattoo therapy it is a therapy you know when there's meaning behind it when there's times where you have to deal with those emotions that is therapy that literally is the definition uh, the psychological definition of therapy what i mentioned earlier about um let me go back to the definition, um, which is uh, defined as treatment intended to heal or relieve a disorder. Um, and and maybe you're not healing a disorder, but you're you're you you heal. You go through the process of healing. You take care of it. You you have to nurse and tender this tattoo to make sure that you know it heals properly. It's it's literally therapy, and so it's it's such a cool concept to me that these physical these physical things that we do are, are can and are forms of therapy. So I kind of want to go over some things that are out there um, as far as with tattoos. There's something called the mastectomy movement. Um, after the physical mastectomies are done with people, with women, and um, these, these women, after they're done, these women are getting tattoos to cover up the procedures um, that have been done, and, and they're enhancing their beauty with these different uh, situations. Um, 
so that's kind of one movement that's out there, which I think is super cool. They're turning it into another type of, you know, therapy, physical therapy. Um, and, you know, some of the things that can be out there as far as the tattoos, they can serve as reminders. They can serve as reminders for what was overcome. They can, can serve as reminders from previous addictions, uh, physical parts, you know, physical disability, mental disability, dates. Um, there's so many things that tattoos can represent and what they can stand for. Again, we're in an era where it's literally anything can be tattooed on you, but I think when done in a therapeutic sense, it can serve as a huge reminder and a huge uh, victory as far as what you have, uh, what you're able to do during that time, during that session. I wanted to go over some resources um, for for therapy. Um, definitely, if you have insurance, uh, this is for traditional therapy, check out your insurance company because they, um, they'll probably offer you something that's like in network or something like that that's uh, a lot more affordable than going somewhere that's out of network. Um, just check that out. I don't want to get into all the specifics about insurance because I don't know all that stuff, but check it out. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was Google, Google ratings. That sounds cheesy, but Google ratings, there are tons of Google ratings for therapists, counselors. Check it out. Good stuff. Um, I don't even know. Oh, there's a website called uh, Anya Therapy. I'm sorry. It's called Ayana Therapy. I'm so sorry. It's called Ayana Therapy. AyanaTherapy.com. Check it out. It's another great resource for um, therapy for, uh, you know, people that are having time, struggling time finding one, uh, religious organizations. If you're religious, if that's your thing, check out religious organizations, uh, see what's out there, what's offered, you know, with you and your religion, see what's out there. Um, and then there's something called the meetup app. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's pretty cool. It, um, it basically tells you when people meet up, it's a great way to network, um, as far as, you know, how did you like this therapist? All those things. There's a bunch of different stuff on there. Um, check it out. You'll find some stuff on there that you'll probably like. Um, now resources for tattoos. I wanted to go into that, um, because I'm not going to give any resources for tattoo therapy. That's, that's kind of something that is a personal journey that (laughs) you have to go through, but, um, just ask your tattoo therapist, your tattoo artist, if that's, if they want to talk when you're there, just ask them. Anyways, um, so resources for tattoos, Instagram, there's tons of tattoo artists on Instagram, um, tons on Facebook, Google, um, asking people who have tattoos, if you like them, where they got them, if you like the way the designs look, the artist style, you know, all that good jazz. Um, my tattoo artist, uh, for majority of the ones I have right now, her name is Shantae. She's pretty awesome. She, um, she actually works at late night tattoos. So if you're looking for a pretty cool tattoo, check out her work. She's on Instagram. Um, anyways, checking out different people's, uh, profiles, portfolios. They have some pretty cool stuff. So I'm not trying to encourage you or tell you to go out there and get a tattoo. Do you do your own thing? I'm not going to force you to do anyone else but you, but I'm just explaining ways and methods that some people do what they do. Uh, why they do what they do, the reasoning behind it, why I do what I do, and, um, you know, what I, what I do to, to basically cope and what some other people do that you may know to cope and, and deal with their situations in life. Um, you know, judgment-free zone. Maybe that's why, um, you know, 
Sarah has a thousand tattoos on her body or that's why Jerry has a million piercings on his face. You don't know. You know, you don't know the reasoning why. I'm sure there's a million reasons why. But, you know, sometimes I think when you really dissect what's going on, it gives you a greater perspective as far as the reasonings behind why we do what we do. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up with a specific quote that I love And it says, allow yourself time to feel and be uncomfortable. Because that's the time when you're going to grow the most. I mean, being uncomfortable literally will help you become comfortable. We have so many distractions in the world right now. um, From social media to phones to work, which may not seem like a distraction, but it is. (laughs) Um, We just have so many distractions in our life that we need time to feel and process and, and, you know, go what we're going through. And I just want to leave you with a thought of if you need to do something physical to get out those emotions, those feelings, to deal with those feelings, do it. If you need, excuse me, if you need to go to the gym, go to the gym. If you need to get a tattoo, go get a tattoo. Um, if you need to get your nose pierced or your lip pierced, do it. Um, If that's going to help you to be a better you, do it. Don't let anything stop you from living your life. Because, again, it's your life. And you're the one who's going to be living with yourself the whole time. The whole time you're alive. So, do you. Don't be afraid to do you. And do what makes you happy. Do what helps you to face another day again I'm not encouraging you to go out and get a tattoo if that's not you don't do it but if that's something you want to do if you have questions again email me I'm here I'm listening let me know um tell me more about you know why some people do what they do why you do what you do if if you're into going to the gym tell me why you go to the gym if you're into um ice skating tell me why you ice skate like I want to know these things Um, I'm going to leave you all with a question before I head out. Do you have any tattoo or tattoo therapy stories, even piercing stories? Again, piercing and company encompassing tattoos. Um, Tell me, email me if you do. Sadie, like my name, S-A-D-I-E-T-H-424 at iCloud.com. Let me know. I want to hear some of these stories. I know it's a vulnerable. If you don't want to share, I get it. But tell me some of these stories. I'm sure some of them are super funny, but just tell me. Anyways, that's another topic. I'll get onto the funny stories later about why, what I've seen. (laughs) Anyways, I am Lady Sadie, and I want to thank you all for joining me today in this episode of Tattoo Therapy and Why It's a Thing. Um, Again, I hope you enjoy the show. Hit me up with questions, uh, even share your experiences That email again is sadieth424 at icloud.com. Until next time, adios.